Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey, Pro Football Playbook listeners, I'm Bill Alvstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're back, uh, taking a look at roster evaluations across the league. Uh, we are up to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs in this show. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, um, a couple of teams on opposite ends of the spectrum, although I won't say that um, Jacksonville is, is less interesting um in kansas city because to me they're not that's a absolutely fascinating team even though they're um coming off being the first overall pick in the draft and people are worried that you know they're not going to be very good I, I think this is a very very interesting team at roster well they've made some moves this year i mean nobody's going to accuse them of not spending any money or hiring a good coach or doing you know some some things to help trevor lawrence uh be a better quarterback and surrounding him with some talent and some protection and all that kind of stuff um, but it was interesting that the, the Trent bulky thing sitting on a pile of cash, I think he had like 56 or $58 million in cap, uh, availability before free agency went out and just signed some ridiculous contracts. Seemed like he was competing against himself to set the market on a, a few different things. The Christian Kirk thing is the one that I think that stands out the most is just being kind of ridiculous, but I get it. They wanted to ensure that they, they got a playmaker like that. Uh, he hadn't really completely proved himself, I think, with the Arizona Cardinals, but now gets an opportunity to be a number one or number two overall uh, wide receiver in their room and, um, you know, maybe change the dynamic there of what they were trying to do. Um, he never had a, a season over a thousand yards receiving, but I'm not going to say that he doesn't have that ability. I just don't know if he was worth uh, $75 million or whatever it was uh, that, that he brought, that they brought him in contract. for. Yeah, but I don't think it had anything to do with like, oh, he's going to match this um, production based on that. This was a roster and a team and and a situation where free agents didn't want to go. And um, in order to get talent there in the room, um, they had to overpay for it. And that will help because once they've got talent there, then it will be easier to attract additional talent because basically the view was just that the, the cupboard was was too bare and nobody wanted to go there so they overpaid um and while the christian kirk deal and, and some of the other ones were were they weren't great um i don't see these players reaching the end of those deals right they're going to play for a couple of years and then they're well and they're be, in... their contracts are going to be replaced by ones that are more reasonable because people are more going to be more willing to move to jacksonville i think that that argument in a uh in a vacuum is fine but when you take a look at the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars and just look at the, you know the last 10 years or so, they have a pattern of this. They have a pattern of going out, overspending, um, where uh, deals end with nothing to show for it, no comp picks and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, they have a couple of bad years. They get their books uh, right again with dead money coming off the books. And they go out and make these these deals that they don't expect to reach the end. And it's just 
you know, it's the same story all the time. So I was kind of hopeful that they would manage this a little better, um, just from a fan's perspective, that they could have sustained success is what they were looking for. Now, they did go out and get Doug Peterson to be their head mm -hmm. coach. I think that's a good, solid foundation, a good start. He's a good coach. He surrounds uh, everyone with um, with good players, good, good coaches. Uh, there's an expectation level there that, the team is going to to rise up from where they're at at least uh, at the base level now they've got a coach to, to begin that um with with a, a nice franchise piece at quarterback and so i thought there were some lateral moves like the uh the brandon scherf move i thought was okay but you know you take a look at he's just replacing andy norwell so there there's a little upgrade there yeah but they went out and pile of cash to do that the miles jack for um alu kwan um is is a is an upgrade in my opinion but again it's a it's a pile of cash to do that um and then the christian kirk thing i thought was just kind of ridiculous the evan ingram tight end deal was kind of an overspend as well for for that but at the same time i think that they did improve their roster so they made those moves yes they overspent yes but they also added a bunch of talent that they didn't have on their roster prior well, yeah, and I think that's the point. You're talking about sustained success. Well, they have to have success. I mean, this is a team that's been in the top five of the draft most of the last decade, and then they had a couple of years, um, one of which where they made the AFC title game, but then it all fell apart um, very quickly, where they ended up, guys didn't want to play there anymore, they had to trade guys away, um, and they were back to nothing. And so this rebuild is one that they they need to get moving they got to get um some things going but they were having a hard time attracting free agents and that's part of the problem i just think that they're in a situation now like you said they've got a better coach um you know a year ago it was an absolute disaster that roster that gave up that, that roster gave up on that coach early and then um and the team just gave up you know yeah. going down the stretch and so i'm worried a little bit about even Doug Peterson's ability to rally this team to get them mentally ready to play up to a certain level um, with the current roster. I mean, it seems like they would need to churn and burn a little bit of, of some of those players um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of just remake the whole thing. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think that the fact that you're right about the fact that they gave up on urban Meyer, like the, the, the players did, they weren't playing. There was, there were a lot of business decisions being made. Um, that needs to change. And I think that the fact that they're going to, they've got a new coach, they've got a new entire coaching staff. I think they're going to come in and, and get a lot more out of the same talent that's there. And that's going to be an important part of this. And if they can get that changed, they can, they can do a lot better than I think people um, are expecting from them. Not that I expect them to be a playoff team or anything like that, but there's more talent here than last year showed by yeah. quite a bit. Well, I think Brandon Scherf is is a great get, um, and he's an upgrade, to, in my opinion, over what they had, even with Andy Norwell. And just from a, a pro's pro perspective, he's one of the best guards in, in the league. I think the um, Foisade Olukwin at linebacker i think he's a tackling machine i think he led the nfl in tackles in, in 2021 at 192 um and um pairs really nicely with miles jack there and then fatuasi i think is how you pronounce it a defensive tackle i think he's going to give them kind of a 
that uh, run stuffing kind of a presence in the middle that they need with a little bit of upside on pushing the pocket. Christian Kirk at wide receiver, I think, you know, uh, with DeAndre Hopkins and some of the other players there in Arizona, I think Christian Kirk does have an opportunity to kind of be um, Trevor Lawrence's kind of go-to release valve. Like not not only stretching the field, which he does have burner speed and be able to kind of hit home run type stuff from all over the place, but just a guy that he can check down to on third downs and so forth to move the chains is a is a nice option along with Ingram at, at tight end. I think which which he specializes in that. So I think offensively they really did improve. Um, and then defensively, if we can talk about the draft, the um, draft is I, worth, I thought worth that, that they really a lot. they really did improve a lot, but they're young. So, yeah. which is great with a team in this position. They well, they have some room now. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they went and got um, Trayvon Walker with the first overall pick in the draft, um, defensive end out of Georgia, although he's he doesn't have to play defensive end. He's so athletically freaky. You can play him anywhere on the line. He can literally line up at nose tackle and still be dominant, um, which is why he was the overall, the first overall pick in the draft. I know the production wasn't really there at Georgia, but um, that's part because of all the talent around him, you know, so he would set people up and they'd get the, they'd get the sack or whatever. Um, But he's athletically freaky, even for the NFL and for him to be able to do everything that he does, he's going to make everyone around him better. Were you Um, surprised that he went number one overall? I was because he wasn't really thought of as, in that conversation until um, the last like two weeks. And then all of a sudden we were getting so a lot of buzz from the national media, the people who were actually connected saying that, no, he was going to be the guy um, before that. Everyone thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson who went yeah. number two, but um, so this will be judged against Aiden Hutchinson and it and will maybe, be. Yeah. I don't actually, but I don't have a problem with it. Like um, I don't either. I mean, the upside was clearly there and that's, that's the thing. This is yeah. all. This was kind of an upside pick, not proven production pick. That's a little scary in the NFL, but at the same time, uh, coming from Georgia, you mentioned, you know, the attributes that he has athletically and being in a defense that was number one in the nation, surrounded by talent um, and playmakers, and he wasn't being asked to be the the guy. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of a group of guys. And, yeah. um, and so it'll be interesting did, to see how he functions moved, and they moved him all over and he did all those things and he showed the ability to play at all those different positions and that kind of like, um, weapon for a defensive coordinator is nice to have. I mean, you saw it in Kansas Absolutely. city. We'll talk about later when they, when they went and signed Frank Clark, they had, he has that, that ability to move all over the line. Now he is production and everything has fallen off greatly over the last couple of years for a, a lot of different reasons, but um, his ability to impact games because of his ability to move around became um, a major weapon. And that's what Walker is. And so I, I like that pick. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, Hutchinson might've been a more sure thing, but he also is going to come from one spot. He's going to play on one, you know, on one end and not make, yeah, anyone else better he's just going to be super productive where walker is going to make everyone around him better yeah i thought they're i thought their their linebacker core really got improved i mean they picked up oh, yeah. um 
Um, and then Devin Lloyd was the, drafted to be kind of their middle linebacker. They already had uh, Shaquille Quarterman. And then on the other side, um, with Trayvon Walker, they've got uh, Clavon Chason there. That's that, that's a real nice rotation. And they um, picked and, up Chad Muma um, yeah, in the third round. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma. I was curious about, because they moved up to get Devin Lloyd, got mm-hmm. 27 overall, and then they selected Chad Muma, got 70. Um, I, you know, Chad is probably going to be a weak side guy. Um, whereas Devin Lloyd's going to be a middle linebacker. I didn't have any problem with them choosing these two players. Cause I think it really does improve. You, you take a look at the front seven overall for this team. And they invested in that heavily with, mm-hmm. the, with, with, uh, three out of the four top picks. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Moom is a guy, um, well, and Lloyd, both of them, I mean, they're not, they're not like there were there were flashier linebackers in this draft, but those two guys are going to be super productive. They uh and Chad athletic- super fast too. Yeah, I mean they athletically they're um they they've got the, the, the things you need to be a, a productive NFL linebacker. Their tape is great, they've got great instincts. Um these are gonna be long term starters in the NFL, and they got two of them. Um so yeah, right. you walker up front, two two linebackers this is a team that's going to have has a lot of young talent in their front seven and now here's a word from our sponsor DraftKings. hockey fans the pursuit of the stanley cup is on and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred dollars in free bets no matter what win or lose Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Day Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So what did you think of the Luke Fortner pick at center from Kentucky at 65 overall? Yeah, so that to me was the one that was a little surprising. I know that they wanted to give um, Trevor Lawrence some additional help and, and center was one of those positions that's a little harder to find. And so they, they reached a little bit for Fortner. Um, But honestly, he's got the, he's got the, the traits to be a long-term starter. I just think that there were at the moment that there were other pieces they could have gone and gotten that are going to be more, um, they're going to be more impactful early on, but I think Fortner can be a long-term starter in the NFL. The other pick that I really liked is Monteric Brown uh, at 222nd uh, overall. The cornerback mm-hmm. uh, out of Arkansas, I thought was a really nice value pick at that spot in the draft. Gives them a little bit of depth um, overall as, as they move forward uh, on the outside. Um, and he's a guy that can play, um, Play, play in the slot as well if he needs to well and they also got gregory jr um in the, uh, around earlier um at, yeah. at cornerback so i mean so think about it they got they got their 
their guy up front. They got two linebackers and then they got two cornerbacks. And and um, now the cornerbacks are late round picks and we'll see if they um, make the roster and, and stick in the NFL. But um, especially Brown, who you mentioned, has upside. There is there's something to work with there. Now, it may be a year before they get um, you know solid production out of him or he may wash out. But the uh, the talent the upside to become a solid NFL player is definitely there. And you don't get a lot of that in the seventh round. Yeah. And he's physical enough um, and has enough athletic upside to play special teams right away. So I think he makes the roster, you know, then this is a roster that's kind of void of a lot of depth and and talent on the back end. And so I think he's there. Um, Anything else on this team? Are, are you looking forward to seeing what what they do? I mean, Doug Peterson spent a year out of the league, comes back in, accepts really probably the most difficult job in all of the NFL to come mm-hmm. in and, and take a team that is psychologically broken, lacking of a lot of talent, and working with a um, general manager in Trent Valky, who we, you and I, know um, better than most is we spent some time in the NFC West uh, and following the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he's, he, he can either build a team pretty decent or he can destroy a team. And so <laughs> I'm curious to know which way this thing goes. And if Doug Peterson has any say, um, any value that he can bring to that table as far as evaluating talent and, and influencing that a little bit. I'd be very curious to see how long he how long his leash is there. If he's got three years, uh, or or if this is a year to year evaluation. Yeah, I um, we'll see. Um, it. I'm not a Trent Balky fan. I watched him come in and destroy a very dominant 49er team um and just completely tear that roster apart and turn them into um just a mess where they had to he got fired and they had to completely rebuild and and they've done that they're they're back to being strong again Mm -hmm. but not but he tore apart a dominant team um and so i was surprised he ever got another gm job but um you know he's done some things here that look like he's building and we'll see if it works. Um, I'm more interested in, you know, Doug Peterson. I mean, we saw him go win a Super Bowl by having a great defense and, and enough offense. And even with the, when his quarterback went down with injury and they had to bring in a backup, they still went on to win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. And that's really rare. Um, but then everything fell apart for him. And um, when Frank Reich left, uh, that coaching staff kind of started to fall apart. So who is Doug Peterson as a coach? Is he the guy that we saw early in his Philly tenure or this guy that we saw later? Um, so there, I'm, 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 I'm wondering what that's going to look like and how much, uh, like you said, how, how much leash he's got, because if he comes in and, and, and struggles a little bit at first and, and his team doesn't take this big step forward, is he going to be gone in a year? Um, I, hope I don't not. think he will. I hope yeah. not too. I think he's a better coach than, than, um, than people give him credit for because of his exit. And Philly, I think but, the expectations are zero. And um, yeah, I think they, they want to see be. elevated play with Lawrence. I think that they want to see some things come together, some uh, cohesion. I, I, I think that they 
it all comes down to does the team play for mm-hmm. Peterson and stay with him? And can they yeah. eke out five or six wins and, and exceed expectations this year? I think that that'll go a long way to, to uh, ensuring that he's there long term to at least see this thing out and see if he can build a winner. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, uh, this team has been dominant since Mahomes showed up along with Andy Reid. And uh, this season was a bit challenging for them. I, I don't know that it necessarily went the way that they initially wanted it to, but I thought the recovery uh, after the decision uh, to part ways with Hill was outstanding. And they and they pivoted when they needed to pivot. They looked at their salary cap and made a decision on a player that's dynamic versus uh, franchise stability. And they went with stability, Keith. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm uh, all over stability um, when you know in terms of that. But Hill was more than just dynamic; he was unique. He was just this, this unique talent that teams didn't really have an answer for, and it didn't really matter what they tried to do defensively. He was still able to be productive, and I think that is um, that's why he was. You know they. They were able to get so much for him in trade and why he signed a contract that was so big and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that they just, you know, rolled over and were like, you know, okay, they didn't roll over. They're like, we're we're just going to have to figure it out without him. They, they went from having one um, elite, super elite weapon to having a core of um, receivers. They're, Mahomes is going to have more weapons to deal with. He's not going to have to rely on hoping that the one guy can dominate in order to have, um, you know, productive passing game this year. They've got a lot more weapons. I thought, okay, I agree with, with, uh, with most of what you just said there. I do think though that beyond Hill last year, uh, and Kelsey, they really didn't have a lot. And so That's they what overly I mean. de- well, I'm gonna here's what I'm saying though. Uh they overly depended, I think, on Kelsey and Hill to kind of make plays for them last year. And and they struggled a little bit at times moving the ball consistently and so forth. And I think that was why uh in the end that they didn't uh, get past where they got past in the playoffs. And so now that you've got you you sent Hill away. Now, really, the only playmaker in that offense before anything else happened was Kelsey. And then they went out and they got Schuster, uh, Smith-Schuster, and then also Valdez-Scatling. Now, mm-hmm. that those moves are great, um, but they don't make up for Hill alone. You're right. Instead of one and two targets, now they've got three, but of maybe lesser value overall. But they did go out in the draft and then added Sky Moore. So now you take a look at their room. They've got four weapons, plus their running back room is excellent. Um, is it enough, Keith? I think it is. I mean, because, again, they went from having two weapons to, to having four. Um, and none of them are Hill's, um, you know, talent level. None of them are, 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 are game-changing in the same way. Um, but what they have now is if one of them is if, if a defense focuses on one of them and, and shuts them down, there's other options. And that hasn't been the case. Um, or that wasn't the case last year. Um, right. Well, Sammy so, Watkins, you know, as you know, was 
was there, but um, they yeah. lost him. They lost him last year before last season. I think it was you know a bigger loss than than the team realized. Yeah. And so, so I'm I'm just curious because I think that you you take a look at Juju uh, Schuster Smith and or, or Smith Schuster, and he wasn't everything that um, the Steelers needed him to be. And and of course we all understand that that quarterback room there with Roethlisberger was diminishing. Um, So I'm just just bad. I'm curious though, because they only gave him a one year deal. So they gave him kind of a prove it year deal, Mm -hmm. one year deal, $10 million. um, Whereas we know that the premier uh, wide receiver um, salaries are, are exceeding 20 million now. So they gave him $10 million. It's a good value. I think it's a good risk reward um situation for them and then Mar- uh marquez valdez scantling was with green bay and and they gave him a three-year 36 million dollar deal and i don't know that necessarily scantling is the better wide receiver out of the two i'm just now there's two of them and they kind of do the same things it'll be really interesting and then sky Moore, i think is has got a great upside uh at 54 overall in the draft kind of went exactly where everyone was expecting him to go and he's a playmaker waiting to happen. Oh, but, yeah. But he's a rookie, and he's going to need a little bit of time. We'll see. Patrick Mahomes uh, can make anybody look good, I think. And so yeah. I'm very curious as, as to see because I thought they had an excellent draft, not just wide receiver room, but I think they were able to take that hill compensation and really solidify their roster long-term with a bunch of young, uh, fast talent mm-hmm. and, and uh, good picks overall, I thought. Well, yeah, I mean, um, last year for this whole team, like, you know, the, everything got off to that rough start and, and, um, they were like three and four at one point and, and, uh, but then they turned it around and, and, and made, made that run and, and just, you know, were, um, one of the better teams in the entire NFL, uh, after that point. But what held them back most of all was the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, that defense had had eroded and fallen apart and um they needed upgrades they needed to fix that defense and um man they did that in the draft uh in a very solid way yeah. um yeah so we no, and i thought they some- had yeah they added justin reed too i'll say that in free agency which i think helped solidify their safety situation they had Tyrion matthew uh but he was getting to be going to be 31 this year and Justin Reed's 25. And I think they went just with the younger player with upside there mm-hmm. to help uh, solidify that. So that was a good uh, way to start. And then in the and draft. And they drafted by um, Brian Cook um, out of yeah. Cincinnati, who's a safety. Well, I so- was, I was going to say that the Trent McDuffie and the mm-hmm. George Karloftis and the Brian Cook and the Leo Chanel picks, that's four out of the top five picks in them. They focused on defense. And that was excellent. And then Joshua Williams as well. Um, with with the next pick after Chanel I just think that that's the way that they should have gone is really help solidify that defense because that you know with that offense and I think it's going to be a good offense um the 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 attention though needed to be on the defense because I did think that they were lacking in that um and that really helps helps them win is having Mm -hmm. a good defense to give their offense more opportunities well and I and um one of their the the best value picks that they had in the entire draft was um Darian Kennard, the guard, um, you know, down in the fifth round, which is yeah. surprising that he went so low. Um, I mean, 
this is a guy that's he's he's um gonna be a starter and maybe not week one but he's got yeah. the talent he's going to be uh a guy that that makes plays you know and make, and uh do you think they eventually move him inside him and they've currently got him listed at, at right tackle he's third on the depth he, chart i think he's a guard um, I do. I do too. And we talked about that during the pre-draft process. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he could stick at right tackle with the right team um, because of his ability to run block and just, and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I thought he could stick with the right team. Kansas city is not that team. Um, and so he's a guard, but he's a guard that's going to make their running game um, better. And so, uh, and I'm, that's fine. I mean, the, this is a potential, um, long-term starter on the offensive line. And if you can get a long-term starter in round five, wow, you did some good things in the draft. And I think that's what they're looking at um, there. So you, all these defensive players, they added um, uh, another cornerback. They, they actually they drafted three cornerbacks. Um, I like Jalen Watson, which they picked in the, in the seventh round um, out of Washington state. He's a guy that, I believe will stick on the roster for special teams at first, but has the talent to develop into a guy that will stick on the roster long-term as a defensive player, not just a special teams guy. So um, just overall, they added a lot of talent and a lot of depth on the defense and a couple of key offensive players as well with a wide receiver and a guard. Uh, This was a great draft. Yeah, I I I thought the Brian Cook and Leo Chanel uh, picks were my favorite picks overall for them. Now you can go back uh, eventually and look at the George Karloftis pick and say maybe that that could end up turning out to be the best pick or the Trent McDuffie pick. I think which is really solid. Trent Mm -hmm. McDuffie makes up for his his size, lack of size, with his stickiness and his agility and being being able to cover um, and and make plays on the ball. But George Karloftis is really interesting. Uh, early discussions in the draft process. You know, you're talking uh, December, January. He was in the in a top ten conversation. Uh, eventually, dropped back down a little bit to kind of think where he was valued at because he's more of, of a guy that's going to play the run for you a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is undervalued in the NFL. Being able to set the edge, but he goes uh, and pairs up now with Chris Jones and Frank Clark along the uh, the defensive line there. And it would be very interesting to see how how that rotation works. Currently listed as being a left side uh, defensive end for them with Frank Clark on the other side. What do you think of that? It seems like they're similar players. They are similar players. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so um, when they drafted Karloftis, it was, yeah, he's similar to Frank Clark. Um, and Frank Clark... It was not good last year and certainly with his contract um, and lack of, you know, general production and, and everything, I am very surprised that Frank Clark is on this roster. Um, but it turned out they didn't end up needing that cap space. So they kept him around for another year um, and we'll see how that goes. But Karloff just gives them Frank Clark insurance. If Clark is the player he was a couple of years ago, then him and Karloftis on the, on this line together is going to be really rough on teams. Mm-hmm. If Frank Clark is the guy who was last year, he may not make this team. And Karloftis just takes over um, that role. And 
the team will be okay. Um, and and that that's kind of why I, I really liked that pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, he's, like, he's definitely the future. There's no question. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And Frank Clark, you know, is, he has, he has the talent. It's just a, a situation of, I think some players get, get this when they get to be around 30 years old in that they just lose the, the mental edge uh, mm-hmm. uh, for the game. Now I'm not saying all players do that, but some players do, they get paid. Uh, the uh, NFL takes its toll injuries add up over time. Uh, you're in pain and it's harder to get up on Sundays and do your job. And uh, Frank Clark may be in that situation. I don't know for sure, uh, but um, I'm, I'm rooting for Frank Clark because I like him as a, as a player. I want him to be successful, but um, I think that the George Karloftis thing, there was a pick for the future and insurance, just as you mentioned. I think that's that's where yeah. it's at. Um, anything else that uh, that you want to talk about? What are your expectations now? Uh, for this team, Eric uh, Bieniemy is still there. Can't seem to find a head coaching opportunity anywhere. Andy Reid, the head coach. Um, the AFC is stacked. The AFC West is stacked. Does this mm-hmm. team take the AFC West, Keith? Um, man, I don't know. <laughs> if they if they have a slow start like they did last year, they don't recover this year because. You're not looking at, you know, the Raiders as the second, like last year's Raiders as the second best team in the division. Now you're looking at this year's Raiders with all that talent that they've added or the uh, Chargers with all the talent that they've added or the Broncos that added, at a, you know, a legit quarterback. And that was really what they were missing. Um, you can't start off slow and they know they need to come out and just and, and be the the chiefs from the very beginning, if they want to win this division, I think they can. I think the fact that they loaded up on defense um, and made the adjustments last year that they needed to make. Um, And, you know, I mean, Mahomes early in the year was still trying to take all these shots downfield, even when the defenses were taking that away from him. And over the course of the season, he learned to be more efficient um, and more patient. And if he comes in with that same attitude, that same mentality, there's no reason why this def- or why this offense should start slow again. Um, and I think that this is a team that can, they're still in that class at the top of the AFC, even with the AFC being so much better. Yeah. They really I, are. I do think that I'm watching this wide receiver room. You know, every, it seems like there's a lot of pressure on these guys to fill the the holes that were there and to be successful and um and and the offensive line you know they did franchise tag orlando brown at left tackle they've still got joe thuney crete humphrey at center now is one of the best centers in the nfl if not the best they do have the offensive line for protection Mm -hmm. uh the question is can those wide receivers get open can their running game with edwards uh um stay healthy and be available and do do the job that they need um it'll be it'll be interesting i just think that they diminished slightly on offense but they picked that up a little bit on defense and we'll see how that balances out Um, i think they're significantly better on defense um for me what, what it comes down to is i think you and i are in different um spots on um on smith schuster because um 
you go back a couple of year, years ago, and he was generally considered, you know, in the top 10 in the NFL um, as just a dominant outside receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, he played with, he, yeah, Big Ben has the name, but you look at his actual on-field play, he was genuinely terrible the last couple of years. Um, and now all of a sudden, uh, Smith, Smith Schuster can't get open. No, I think he played with a terrible quarterback. Um, and so how did he go from being, you know, a top 10 in the NFL receiver to being a guy that had to sign, sign a prove it deal? Well, that's what seriously bad quarterback play will do to a receiver. So I, I don't, I, I'm not con- that concerned. I think he's going to show up and be significantly better than some people are considering. Excellent. All right. Well, I didn't get your completely uh, truthful, honest, accurate answer as to how the Kansas City Chiefs are going to finish this year in that division. You just kind of ended it with, I just don't know. Nobody um, knows. That division. I know. That- it's so tough. And not, I'm just not saying. I just I asked you about the a- AFC West. Can they win the AFC West? I didn't even talk about the bigger picture in the AFC, which there's there are at least 10 teams that are competing mm-hmm. for seven spots. Um, yeah. and if, if Kansas city falls off a little bit, you mentioned it, they need to start fast. They need to finish strong. If they start slow and finish. Okay. They're out. And I don't know about because there's so many other teams that are yeah. equally talented that are waiting to fill that void. Yeah. I mean, there, this is a incredibly tough AFC, um, much tougher than it's been the last few years. A lot of talent migrated from the NFC to the AFC this offseason. And now all of a sudden you have this whole group of teams. You ask, can they win the AFC West versus can they win the AFC? If you can win the AFC West, you can win the AFC. That's the thing is, um, as good as the rest of the AFC is, any team that wins the AFC West has the talent and ability to win the entire AFC because the AFC West is the class of the NFL as divisions go. And by a wide margin, because all four of those teams are legit contenders. That's how good that division is. Um, The third place team in the AFC West is still a threat to go to the Super Bowl um, once the playoffs begin. Wow. Because that's how good the AFC West is. Um, Then you throw that in in with Cincinnati and Buffalo. and maybe Cleveland if they their quarterback gets to play. Um, I mean, this is a really tough year to try and be the team coming out of the AFC. But I'll tell you this, whoever does come out of the AFC is going to be the favorite in the Super Bowl by quite a bit. I mean, I, I honestly think that the winner of the AFC is going to be favored Super Bowl Sunday by maybe not a touchdown but it's going to be way more than you're we're used to for a super bowl and it um, might be and it, and it might be a tougher road too because those afc west teams have to play each other twice mm-hmm. uh per year maybe a team like buffalo has a has an easier road maybe a team like cincinnati an has an easier road i don't know yet have, we're gonna we'll hard, find out it's, it's hard to say that cincinnati is going to have an easy road i mean that division's rough what i'm too. what i'm saying is there might be a team that has a better record uh at the end of the year uh, where the media may take a look at and favor them. Uh, but but sometimes the grit 
that you need to get through the harder division uh, to get there prepares you better to enter the playoffs and take yeah. care of business. So we'll see. I think you might be right. You might be We've seen a lot of that on the NFC side and the NFC West the last few years where Seattle Rams, 49ers, they beat up on each other so much um, during the season. Not always the favorite, you know, they're not always the one seed or any of that coming into the um, playoffs, but those teams are hard outs because you know, it, they're hard to take down once the playoffs begin. And you're going to see that this year. I mean, the the Chiefs might come into the, um, you know, the AFC playoffs as the six seed or the five seed. But don't count them out in any game. Right. They're still going to they're going to be they're going to be a team no one wants to play um, because that talent is still there. That championship pedigree is still there. Patrick Mahomes is still an elite quarterback. So yeah, and Andy Reid can coach against and Andy, anybody. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in NFL history. Period. All right. Good show, Keith. Thanks. Uh, as yeah. always. Uh follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can follow me at Alpstead NFL. Follow the show uh on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, share it, all that good stuff. Until next time, take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.